0: Thank you. Uh, thank you, David, and thank you to all the young people um, and uh, children in the fellowship who've been involved in putting together our service today, it's been great. I love the fact that today's got a youth flavor. I think that's probably why Chris asked me to preach today because he, he felt I fitted in with the youth flavor, not. Um, anyway, last week um, we joined together and we were celebrating the resurrection Um, some of us had the joy of being in church together which was tremendous Um, and not younger folks some older folk worshipping with us it was a joy to be together and to worship and many of you too were having that live streamed if you shared our worship you would remember um, the fizz of the life-giving water spilling out Uh, I was I was a little bit near to the spilling out water but my prayer is that as we continue to learn today not only will we experience that life-giving water for ourselves but learn what Jesus longs for uh, following his resurrection we're just going to take a moment um, just to pray that as we look into God's word that he will really bring it alive to us today Father God come we pray by your holy spirit and would you unlock the truths of your word as we look at scripture together lord jesus would you speak to us would you change us would you take us on as followers Uh, you are the one lord that we look to you are that constant one we look to you again this morning lord and pray that you would lead and guide us by your holy spirit amen So we're coming to look at uh, the last verses of Matthew's gospel today, and uh, we're going to read them together um, on screen. I think they're going to come up on screen now. Great. So Matthew 28, we're reading the last five verses, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go when they saw him To the very end of the age. If Chris gave you water, um, I have in mind today a picture of a sandwich. Okay, now imagine two nice, fluffy pieces of bread. And then imagine stuffing that sandwich full of nutritious goodies. I would say lots lock- I would say lots of meat but anybody that knows you know that I wouldn't go for that one but I don't want you to um, imagine a skinny kind of British rail kind of sandwich imagine the sandwich stuffed full of a range of goodies meat or fish salads dressings mustard great Let's start with the first layer of bread. Let's look at the start of our verses. If you've got your Bible to hand, you might want to just have it open at Matthew 28 and verse 16 there. The disciples had been told by Mary, and in verse 7 of that chapter 28, the same chapter, they had been told by Jesus to go ahead into Galilee. You know, Galilee was an area that Jesus and his disciples were in often. You read through the Gospels, and he was Often there. So the disciples would have been familiar with where Jesus spent that time. It was a familiar and perhaps a comforting place for them to be. And we read here that they were obedient, just going where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him. This was their Christ, their head, their north star, if we pick up the theme of this morning, their rabbi, they recognized Jesus. You know, we don't know what this worship looked like. Maybe they spoke out in gasps of surprise, words of love and devotion. Maybe they fell at his feet in adoration. But here he was, alive again. The last time they'd seen him, was being taken down from a brutal cross, having given up his life, seemingly surrendering to the powers of the authorities, but in actual fact, conquering in a cosmic battle against the powers of darkness. He surrendered his own spirit at exactly the right time. But death could not hold him. As we see by his resurrection, he broke the power of death. Let's just take a moment to mull on that again today, folks. You know, we sing Christmas carols for quite a few weeks over Christmas, and sometimes we kind of have one week of the resurrection and then we're on, you know. But the resurrection, it is the pivotal point in history, it is the foundation of our faith. He broke the power of death for himself for you and me, what glorious victory. You know, looking at these verses, one of the bits that resonates with me is the words, but some doubted. They were friends of Jesus, followers even, they had obeyed, they'd gone to the place where Jesus had asked them to go, but somehow lurking within some of them, was a sense that along with faith, with their belief and love for Jesus, was a measure of uncertainty. Friends, in our small group, uh, midweek group recently, we've touched on just this fact that faith, whilst real, is sometimes not 100% rock solid sure. There lurks some measure of uncertainty, some here, we're taking longer to accept the reality of the resurrection. The verb actually used here is, is about an unsettled state. It's not active disbelief, but genuine uncertainty and hesitation. And yet they were present, they'd showed up, they were reaching out to Jesus. Friends, if that describes you this morning, then hang in. You're in good company with these people. Jesus met, accepted, and commissioned. For as we go on to the meat in the sandwich, the commission was to them all. So this meeting, this worship, this inclusion, this is only the start. This is the first slice of bread. So what of the meat? Well, this is Matthew's uh, recording of the last words of Jesus to his friends. Think of the words that you speak to someone when you're leaving them. Perhaps you're going on a trip or you're going out. Usually we leave instructions, don't we? I do. Can you leave the bin out? Um, Don't forget to feed the cat. Uh, Pay the car insurance. And hopefully we reassure them. Dependent on the relationship. Uh, I'll be back soon and call me if you need me. I love you. Here we have Jesus saying what was really important, what he really wanted his his followers to remember. So let's listen up, folks. I just uh, want to tell us about three ingredients in the middle of the sandwich this morning. The first one, the first one is because of the resurrection, that Jesus reigns. It's because of the resurrection that Jesus reigns. See here in verse 19, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Ordinarily, we might think that these are the words of some megalomaniac, some dictator in some unmentionable country claiming ultimate power. But think of the context here. Whoever else has just been crucified and walked out of the grave three days later, nailed, speared, buried, and yet come to life again. No one ever, certainly some might claim authority over an, in an earthly realm or region of the world. Indeed, they do. But over heavenly realms, Only Jesus, only this crucified and risen one. Let's jump to Revelation, chapter one of Revelation, verse five, speaks of Jesus as being the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And later in that same Revelation one in verse 18, Jesus says he holds the keys of death and hades so in revelation one read through that at some stage maybe this week jesus the ruler of the kings of the earth and has the keys of death and hades jesus was not a, a powerful conventional or unconventional despot in earthly terms his authority gained by his willingness to become obedient to death means that his authority extends over all earthly realms and all spiritual realms. Because of the resurrection, he has been given all authority. It reminds me, and I didn't know that David and the young people were gonna read Philippians 2. What amazing verses, Philippians 2, that Jesus became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, but at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Exalted to the highest place. Friends, have we given him, Jesus, the highest place in our hearts and in our lives? Have we acknowledged him as the one who reigns this morning. Wow, that's a piece of solid meat in our sandwich. Jesus reigns this morning, my friends. Whatever we're going through personally, as a church, as a nation, as a global community, because of his resurrection, Jesus reigns. Let's move on to the second ingredient here. It's because of his resurrection, that we have been, all of us, commissioned to go, to go and make disciples of all nations. You know, this is one of those very important last things I tell you to do kind of statements. You see, Jesus' plan was to come and secure our salvation. He told Mary in John 11:25. he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live. He's the life giver. And the resurrection proves that. It's because of the resurrection, he's commissioned us to go with this good news. We are witnessing through the resurrection, which is the crux of God's ultimate victory over all the powers of death and hell. It's that Jesus pivots the making known of this salvation you see let's just think for a moment historically uh, the Jewish people had been a kind of showcase Uh, they were God's chosen people through which God wanted to display his covenant love it had been a kind of come and see message look at how his God is working in his world through his people and in his temple come and see But the death and resurrection opens up a whole new covenant. Jesus said his blood was the new covenant that whoever believes in him would live the life of God. So the saving power of God explodes outside of Judaism alone to the whole world. It extends to everyone who will receive Jesus. And rather than Jesus reiterating a come and see message, he transforms it right here in these last key messages to his disciples to say, go and tell. It's not come and see, it's go and tell. Go outside the church, go outside the walls. You know, if there's one good thing about lockdown uh, that is done for the church, I think, the church at large, is to realise afresh that the church's mission, our work, the resurrection life of Jesus, is not designed to reside in the four walls of seven Sussex Road. Now, I'm really sorry if that offends people that were involved in giving and praying and working on the building. Praise God for that. Because of the resurrection, we are commissioned to go, to be elsewhere, to live out the life of Christ on our front lines. Do you remember that series we were learning about our front lines as we studied in our neighborhoods, our sports clubs, at the hairdressers, in our offices? This is where God wants us to be going and making disciples. Romans 10 asks these questions you've got on the screen. How can people believe if they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them? So it's because of the resurrection that we're commissioned to go. Yes, that means you and me. Not just the eloquent ones, the faith-filled ones, the leaders, the young, the sprightly because of the resurrection, we're all commissioned to go and make him known. I've recently got to know a young guy who's taking this seriously. Now you might think, is it another missionary story of someone going to somewhere? But let me introduce you to Ed and some of his Indian friends. We're going to just see a little video clip and let's see what going looks like for Ed. Thank you, Rob. On the floor,
1: my sister is struggling to breathe. So he shared the gospel and asked, can I pray for them? He said, of course, he prayed. My sister got instant healing and I was healed. And then I realized I need this Jesus. I went to Bangalore to do my studies. We, the students of the college went to North part of the country And it's amazed me to see thousands and thousands of villages do not know Christ. Pepsi is there, Coca-Cola reached, no Jesus. We visited a village and the missionary, he painted such a bleak story about them. He said, look, no one will employ these tribal people because they're so reviled. So the men rely on begging. The women rely on prostitution. This is all that they have. You know, it sounded pretty bleak. They're the people whom Hinduism left behind. They worship spirits. You know, it's a real primitive level. And to the rest of Indian people, you know, they are they are worse than the bottom rung of the car system. They're worse than the untouchables because they're not even within that system. I remember going to see this village And it was just not at all what was described. I said to this Indian missionary, are these the same people? And most of the village surged out to meet and greet us. And they were singing and they were praising. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And the the missionary explained to us, he said, well, we came and we shared the gospel with them. And they were just so excited to hear it. They came to faith really fast. Not just that, we taught them to start washing themselves, we helped them buy some new clothes, taught them some basic things. Suddenly these people went for work and they got jobs because the surrounding people didn't realise they were from that same tribe, they were unrecognisable. So we saw these people had come to know Jesus but their whole um, community and social situation had been transformed as well. Five years previously, the gospel had never come to this place and there I was worshipping with the church there and I just thought this is history in the making a sociologist may say this is nothing this is a tiny church in a tiny village in the middle of nowhere but if that place has never had the gospel come to it and now there's a church there that's history in the making so I said to myself right scrap all my plans were because (laughs) they're rubbish I want to be a part of what's going on here I said look that's This is amazing. How can I help? So Das said, well, the tragic thing is that a lot of these people aren't getting into action because their own churches are too poor to send them. I said, what? You mean this is the coolest thing I've ever seen and it's not happening because of a shortage of money? I mean, money is the one thing our church really does have. That's the one thing I can easily give. This isn't happening for money. So I said, yeah, Das, how much do these guys need? He said, well, well, in your terms, about £50 pounds a month. £50 pounds a month! I mean, that's nothing. I could go out with a friend, both get a meal, both get a couple of drinks, that's £50 pounds right there. Or new pair of shoes, £50. Pounds. Or fancy phone contract, £50. Pounds. The thought that someone isn't being sent to an unreached village to plant a church for that much money, that's madness. That's crazy. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. At that point in time I just said, right, let's try and ramp up this level of sacrificial living because every £10 I can save is a fifth of uh, a missionary's monthly support in India. That's amazing. I went to Cardiff. I found the, the cheapest halls of residence I could live in. I bought all the cheapest food I could. I refused to buy any new clothes whatsoever, I mean I just went completely overboard, completely over the top. Um, it was okay for my first year of uni because my clothes were there and they started to last for a year, but by second year it was a disaster, I had these shoes which were falling apart, they had a big hole in the bottom so I got some duct tape and I just wrapped it round and round, taped them up. Um, to be honest, that worked quite well, so long as it was dry. But unfortunately, I was in Cardiff, I was in Wales, and it rains a lot. And every time it was wet, the moisture would just seep up through this hole and it up into the into my feet. I had such wet feet, it was, a, it was a nightmare. I was lucky I didn't get trench foot or something. I wanted to go and be a missionary myself, but actually, what the unreached need is my financial empowerment to support indigenous workers. India motivates my work as a doctor. Uh, the other day um, I was offered to do a um, shift and they said, yeah, we can pay you £50 pounds an hour. So I said, well, that means if, if I do 12 hours, that's £600. Pounds. In a night I've just paid for a missionary for a year. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible.
0: amazing inspiring story of somebody that was prepared to put literally his money where his mouth was but make choices in following Jesus to be part of obeying this commission that Jesus has given to his disciples it's because of the resurrection we're commissioned to go ourselves next door across the street across the classroom the office the country the world to or enable others to go. Do I think Ed is following Jesus's command? You bet I do. Let's look at the third filling in the sandwich. It's because of the resurrection that all nations will get to know of the saving power of Jesus. Because of the resurrection that all nations will get to know of the saving power of Jesus. You know, sometimes sitting here in Hamas Heath, it's easy to forget um, that billions of people are yet to hear about Jesus. And yet this command to go uh, to all nation is what was on Jesus's heart as he left his followers on earth. How do you think he would have felt to know that having accomplished this cosmic work of salvation, for all people everywhere that all people might not get to hear no wonder he said go to all nations no wonder he's commissioned the church I want to just look at a slide now thanks Rob you're doing lots of to and fro in here between slides but let's look at this slide of non-Christian populations in our world in 2020, the the bigger the orange circle, the more non-Christian communities there are, populations, people groups. Just look at our world of people that do not exalt Jesus, who do not bow the knee to Jesus, and in fact, don't know about Jesus. You heard Daz say there, They have Coca-Cola, but they've never heard of Jesus. I just want you to take in that slide for a moment and just be prayerful. God, move our hearts as individuals of a church community. Because what we have here is these last words of Jesus to his disciples, which we are this morning, if we believe and follow Jesus, and this is what Jesus is saying to us. In the book of Revelation, um, the apostle John has a vision of what heaven will look like. And in it, we see repeatedly that on that final day of Christ Jesus, there will be people from every tribe and language and people and nation. If you read Revelation 5 and verse 9, From every tribe, with your blood, you purchased men and women and boys and girls for God from every tribe, language, people and nation. It's the same word that Jesus uses. It's the word ethna. It's a people group. Folks, I know that some of you will be thinking, I can't go to India. I can't go to Albania. I can't go to Chad. You know, friends, we live in a country where the world, scores of countries, people from scores of countries live on our doorstep. I mean, maybe not exactly in Haywood Heath. Let me tell you, this week I had some medical treatment. Do you know how many nationalities I encountered this week? I had Filipino, Lithuanian, Italian nurses. I had a Ghanaian doctor. I had Russian cleaners I heard talking in the corridor. If we only open our eyes and are prepared to cross cultural boundaries instead of huddling down with people like us, we will also encounter those for whom the resurrection life was won by Jesus on the cross. Let's not be blinkered and limited. Let's listen to those final words of Jesus, to pray, to think, to discuss. As we come out of lockdown as a church, um, we have the opportunity to meet and pray and discuss together. What does this resurrection life and the commands of Jesus mean for us as a church family? How will we set our priorities as a church for the year ahead as lockdown ends? The disciples could have not obeyed. They could have chosen not to go to Galilee to hear Jesus's final words. They could have not obeyed the commands of Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations. If they had, we would not be listening into this today. I would put money on that. Britain would not have heard the gospel. People have given their lives so that we could know are we prepared to give our lives to listen to obey to do things differently so that others may know come and join us on that sunday the 25th at seven for a chance to share together and as we look ahead to live out this resurrection life together if we're serious about following jesus thanks rob for just putting it up there again Uh, if we're serious about following jesus then let's make this a priority together, folks. But there's a bit of bread to complete our meal for the day. If the first doorstop on that sandwich was obedience and worship, then the last doorstop around what the resurrection entails is wonderful assurance from Jesus. Jesus says, surely I am with you always. One translation I read of this um, actually had it termed, you can be sure. You know, to be honest, I felt that that put a lot of onus on me as if some of it was dependent on me grasping hold of this and receiving his promise. I reread the NIV version here. Jesus said, surely, surely I am with you always. It's not dependent on Your ability to receive, going, teaching others, obeying, none of this is dependent solely on my ability. It is built on the surety of who Jesus is, this crucified risen Jesus, giving his all, faithful to his word. It is a dead cert because it's built on his promise. An ability to remain faithful, and grant us the encouragement of his presence and the assurance of his permanence. We we heard that in that song, North Star, at the beginning. I know that you will be there, were the words. It's the same. It's Jesus saying, surely I am with you always. Maybe you feel you're not yet fully convinced of the resurrection. He is with us. Maybe you are uncertain of his right to lordship, to his claim, to rule over all of heaven and earth, including your life, he is with us. Maybe you feel ill-equipped to go anywhere, to teach anyone, to share the good news of Jesus with anyone. He is with us. Maybe we feel faltering in our following, in our obedience. He is with us. Friends, Jesus did come to save us. He did break the powers of death and hell, and he does reign today over all. And wherever we stand or fall, he promises his presence for all time. Isn't that an amazing assurance to wrap up with today, to finish our sandwich on? We're going to sing and celebrate together. Sea water a morning. Death is dead, love has won, Christ has conquered, Christ has risen from the dead. Let's celebrate. And if you haven't felt able to sing or didn't know other songs today, that's great. Some of the younger folk did and that was brilliant. But let's celebrate together. Let's sing. Let's lift our voices. Keep on mute, but sing loudly. See what a morning Christ has risen from the dead. Hallelujah.